Welcome to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. The Middle East, that's one part of the world we need to pay attention to, especially the country of Israel, and especially right now with everything going on with the Jewish people in the land of Israel, with that war that's ongoing. Each week, I help you make sense of what's happening in that region through a biblical lens. Security threats, archaeological discoveries, biblical prophecies, those are just some of the things that we cover. And the main purpose of the Middle East Report Special Edition is to encourage you to read, study, and apply the Word of God in your life. And we know that the best way to do that is to connect to the people, places, and geography of what we read in God's Word. And we're trying to help you do that every single week. And today we're going to do exactly that. We are going to connect with the people of Israel, with the land of Israel, and specifically with a good friend of mine, Adele Raymer. Her community was horrifically attacked, like so many other communities along the Gaza border there in Israel. Her community is Kibbutz Nirim. Kibbutzes in Israel are tight-knit communities. They live there in the land of Israel. They have children in the kibbutz. It is a family place there on these kibbutzes all along the Gaza border. And as we know now from the news, horrifically attacked by Hamas, these ISIS terrorists that did horrific things to the Jewish people. Adele, it is so good to have you on the Middle East Report Special Edition. And I met you about a year ago when I traveled to Israel with some other Christian media professionals. You were so kind. You actually invited us all to come to your community there along the Gaza border to give us an understanding of what life is like living on the Gaza border. And now, uh, Adele, our hearts are broken. We are shattered with what has happened to you, your community, and so many other communities there along the Gaza border. I wanted to give you an opportunity, Adele, just to share what happened to your community on October 7th. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was an honor to meet you when you were here, and and it is an honor to be a guest on your show. Let's start with October 6th, when we had a wonderful, wonderful, huge celebration on our kibbutz, because it was the 77th year of the founding, and we were celebrating that. We had many guests, many, many visitors. My son was on kibbutz, to, who doesn't usually live there, but he was on kibbutz to help us celebrate, and many, many other people. And we had a lovely night, and we went to bed, and then at 6.30 in the morning, we started getting rocket alerts, unusually heavy barrages, when we get a rock incoming rocket alert, I have between zero to 10 seconds to get from wherever I am into a safe place. And because we do get rocket attacks too often, the government of Israel built on every house within seven kilometers of the border, a safe room, a rocket proof safe room, a reinforced concrete safe room that, that is reinforced against rockets. So we're in the safe room. Within about 15 minutes, we get a message saying that the kibbutz has been infiltrated by terrorists, that we must go lock our doors, close our windows, close the slats on the, uh, on the shutters, and, and to lock ourselves in the safe room. And you can't really lock yourself in the safe room because, as I said, the safe room is built to be rocket proof and if it has a lock on it that can be opened from the outside the lock is to prevent the 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 door from blowing off its hinges 
if the house gets hit by a by a rocket and there's kickback, but you can't lock it from the inside. The only way you can call it locked from the inside is by pulling down on that handle physically. So I'm in the safe room with my son, and all of a sudden we we hear a lot of shooting outside. And all the while, rockets are still coming in also. We hear machine gun fire, and, and then we start hearing voices in Arabic. And we start getting messages on our internal messaging system saying people shouting, screaming for help, saying they're at our door, they're, they're in our house, they're, they're setting fire to our house, you have to come save us. These monsters went into houses when they couldn't open up the safe room door from the outside to, to, to murder the people that were inside the safe room. They set the house on fire so that people would be smoked out and have to come out through the window. We were waiting for the army to come and waiting and waiting and they didn't come and we couldn't understand where's the army and we kept getting messages. There's no army for now. We're on our own. We have to do our, do the best we can on our own. Just stay in those safe rooms and hold down those, those handles. And an hour goes by and two hours go by. And all of a sudden my son, my son hears, again, we hear voices outside in Arabic and my son understands a little bit Arabic and, and, and he heard a, a voices calling to each other saying, no, no, come away from there. We didn't understand the significance of that. But about an hour later when, when I could not take it anymore and I just had to go to the bathroom because there is no bathroom in the safe room and we were in there for like, three, four hours already. I opened my door and I saw the windows with my slats busted in, meaning they tried to, to break into my house. For some reason, they decided to move on. And that's why I'm able to tell our story here today. And that's why I've been telling our story nonstop to anyone who will listen because, because, because I feel I've been, I was saved for a reason. And, and this is my purpose. To, to let the world know what went on there. So what went on in our kibbutz in that time, people were slaughtered. In other, in other communities, people were brutally, brutally captured. Four of our people are missing. Five of our people were slaughtered. We can't comprehend, Adele, what you all have been through and what you have been describing. I was reading your story from the New York Post, and actually, it wasn't your story. You were literally posting on Facebook while this was happening, and that newspaper there in New York was capturing some of your comments, and you were just sharing how the terrorists actually tried to get into your your grandchildren's home, but those terrorists Mm -hmm. were eliminated. My son-in-law told, uh, I have three grandchildren who live on my kibbutz, ages two to eight, and my son-in-law heard that terrorists had entered the house. He told the children, you have to be quiet. You have to lie under the blanket and cover yourselves and don't, don't remove the blanket until I come back and everything will be okay. And he went outside and he shot the terrorists himself. He saw two, two more running away after he shot one and he tried to go after them. But when he got to the door, he saw that, that there were numerous terrorists that were the armored armed outside and he realized that if he tried to take them them on 
he would not be able to get back and save, be with his children and keep them safe. So he turned around and went back to the safe room. But it, it is many small miracles happen that I'm here, that, that my family are here and still alive. But tragically, n- many, many miracles failed to come through. So many people, we're now here in a lot where, where it is safe. But there are many, many people in my community and other communities, so many, many, 20 communities, 20, 20 communities, including cities and kibbutzim and moshavim, people who do have nothing to go back to. How did you get out of that situation that you were in with all these terrorists infiltrating your community, your, your kibbutz there, right there, just a mile, mile and a half from the security fence there in Israel? We were extricated house by house. When the IDF finally got there, and no criticism to the IDF, they, they had their hands full and they couldn't, they couldn't. They were soldiers on the nearest base were slaughtered, surprised and slaughtered. And it took a long time for people to, for them to call up reservists and to get the, the soldiers to the kibbutz. But when they did, they extricated us house by house. They surrounded each house told the people to that, that it was safe, that they should c- come out. And we walked to the place where I hosted you. So the entire kibbutz was, was taken to there. And I'm sure when you were visiting me, I probably pointed out where the safe room is. You did. There's a very large safe room there. So in addition to that safe room, underneath, th- there's another very large cavernous area that, that is also relatively safe. So they brought us all to that area. It took hours. That's why it took them so long to come to us. We had hours living in petrifying fear. But when they finally came to us, they we went out and we they walked us to that central place the long way round. And I couldn't understand why they were taking us the long way round. It was so dangerous to be outside because there were still rocket attacks. And in fact, there was a rocket attack that, that caught us in the middle of, of our getting away. And we just threw ourselves down on the floor next to a low wall and covered our heads. What what I found out afterwards is the reason they took us to to safety the long way round was because the direct route uh, had the bodies of terrorists, and they didn't want us to be exposed to that. We were in that central place uh, until the next day at one one o'clock. We were told that we could go to our homes quickly, pack a bag, and and to wait in the safe room until we got word to go to the to the buses. And there were four buses in different areas of the kibbutz. My daughter was too scared to go back to the house. So they came down to a lot with just the clothing on their back, nothing. At two o'clock, we got the all clear to go to the buses. And, but it took a very long time to get everybody on the bus because the, you know you had to be sure that all the, the families were, were on the buses. And I was in that bus for 40 minutes and petrified because if there had been a rocket attack during those 40 minutes, we couldn't have gotten out of that bus in zero to 10 seconds gone to safe. So it was a very dangerous period. And then when we drove out of the kibbutz, we drove through a war zone. There were smoking cars on the side and bodies and tanks and, and soldiers. Although we had a military escort, I was petrified that 
terrorists would would start shooting at us from from the bushes, from the trees on the side. Adele, thank you so much for sharing your story. And we are all heartbroken over what has happened there in Israel and in your community. And we are so glad that you are safe, that your grandchildren are safe. Adele, what is the message that you want to share for people listening all across the country as to what happened there to the Jewish people there in the land of Israel? Is about fixing the world. It has something called tikkun olam, which literally means fixing the world. And Judaism and the state of Israel do everything it can to make the world a better place. We go to Africa and teach them how to get water out of air. We, we, we teach them how to farm. We, we go to sites of disasters with rescue teams and risk our lives to help other countries, Turkey, numerous other countries, Mexico, other countries deal with, with, with tragedies that they're going through. We use the expertise that we have developed and share it with the world. We can be really good neighbors and we know how to make peace. We're really good at making peace. We made peace with Jordan. We've made peace with Egypt. The Abraham Accords and there are more on the way. We know how to make peace. People have to want to make peace with us. I have people that I know there and I have people that I care for and I have people that I'm in touch with even today. And I wrote someone today, I pray for your safety, but their evil leaders have taken them to the place of ISIS. And that has to go. That has to be wiped out. When they say Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, they mean no Israel. They, they have no national aspirations. Their only aspiration is genocide of the Jews. And we need to take them at their word when they say river to the sea. And when we say after the Holocaust, never again, we meant it. And something in our DNA broke, changed, altered on Saturday. I will never, ever apologize for my country, my army, my military doing what needs to be done in order to keep us safe. All the sadness for the people who are innocent on the other side. So there will have to be a lot of destruction, but hopefully after that destruction, we'll be able to rebuild on both sides and hopefully there will be leaders on the other side that are willing to be leaders to peace and not to genocide and destruction of their neighbors. Adele, I, I want everybody to understand something. Uh, you you mentioned praying for people on the other side. Of course, we're not talking about Hamas, these ISIS terrorists there. You're talking about Arab people in Gaza that you know personally, that you've had contact with, and that you are praying for them. I just think that that is an amazing statement coming from you right now after all that you've been through, Adele. It's in our best interest that the people on the other side of the border can thrive and flourish. That's all we want. And then we'll be able to be good neighbors. Uh, A friend of mine who escaped Gaza visited me once and she said, you know the problem with you Jews? You're too soft on them. 
She was referring to the Hamas. We're not being soft on them anymore. There's one little Jewish country in the world. There's like 23 Muslim, Islamic, Arab countries, one little Jewish country. And we have to look after that. And the world needs to help us look after that and help us protect that. You know, I, I was telling people that if the government of Israel does not see to it that the Hamas are wiped out and give people where I live, give us back our sense of security, you can forget about that region. Nobody's going to come back. And if you forget about that region, you can forget about the whole country because the border will just get closer and closer to the center of the country. And there's no end to it. There's no end to it. You cannot run away from terror. You have to face it. None of us can comprehend the uh, evil that was just outpoured on the Jewish people, the land of Israel, on October 7th. There are none of us that can even comprehend that. I will say this. We, we all need to be praying for you. And I know that people who are listening right now will take that seriously and will pray for the protection of Israel or pray for the government, pray for the IDF, pray for families like you, Adele, who have gone through so much. And I know you're, you're one family, but there are dozens and dozens of other families there in Israel. The whole entire country has been affected by this. We need to pray for the Jewish people there in the land of Israel. And so people all across this country, Adele, will be praying for you, your family, and we know that Israel, in the end, will have the victory. It's going to happen. We, we know that. Thank you. I appreciate your prayers. I'm sure they help. I encourage you to follow Adele Raymer on Facebook. You can search for her Life on the Border on Facebook. Life on the Border. You're listening to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. Joining us from Israel is Dr. Baruch Korman. He heads Love Israel, a worldwide teaching ministry, and he is the host of Lost in Translation, heard on American Family Radio and cable outlets around the world. Dr. Corman, we are so happy to have you with us today. We first of all want to know how you and your family are doing there in the land of Israel, and then something that I've been thinking a lot about is the spiritual dynamics of what's happening in the heavenlies. It seems like all of the demonic elements of hell have been unleashed against the Jewish people there in the land of Israel? Well, first of all, we are doing very well. Uh, my children, uh, they have been in Israel for the entire conflict that really surprised everyone, including the Israeli Defense Force. Everyone was shocked about the surprise. Everyone was, was just dumbfounded. How did this happen? But nevertheless, right now we know that there are a lot of dead Israelis and we need to see this as a wake-up call. There's no question that the people of Israel are seeing this as their own personal wake-up call because of what has happened. But the church as well needs to see it because we are seeing evilness being embraced throughout the world. Let me give you an example. On the Israeli news, I was watching it since I got back in Berlin. Now, the German prime minister chancellor has taken a great stance for israel that's wonderful but the megan david which is like the uh red cross in in throughout the world it's called in israel the megan david the shield of david they were getting vandalized they called the police and the police says you know 
There's really nothing we can do. If you want to uh, put in a request, you can do that online and uh, we'll do our best to, to respond. This is just pure ridiculousness against the Jewish people. And we see all over in European capitals, not just in European capitals, also in America, where there are demonstrations in support of Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization recognized by the United States. The name Hamas, it also has a Hebrew meaning, and it means violence for the sake of violence. And there's an enjoyable aspect to, to this satanic mindset that enjoys seeing people suffer. I'm sure everyone has heard about the atrocities that has happened, but my message is primarily to the church. We need to see that this is all connected to an antichrist spirit. Things are changing and they're changing rapidly in the world. What we see throughout the world is more and more hatred for the existence of the nation of Israel. Many people have said, yes, what has happened to the Israelis are, are indeed, it's bad, it's horrible, but we need to also remember the people in Gaza. Well, let me say this. No one wants innocent people to suffer. We value every human life, and we don't like to see people get buried alive in ruins in Gaza. But here's what I would want to say. When you support those people in Gaza, they don't get any of your assistance. Hamas is ruling there, and what we need to realize is everything they take. We see yesterday, we saw that there was an attempt to bring in humanitarian aid. Israel wasn't pleased about that, but agreed to it. What did Hamas do? Two things. They, they kept firing rockets, and also we see that they were as well prohibiting people from leaving their homes, for getting any assistance, to going southward, a way of where Israel is expected and warned the people that their attacks could to come. Israel's trying to preserve the life. Hamas doesn't care even about the citizens that they're supposed to be taking care of. And it's wickedness, it's darkness, and it's just going to tell us one thing. As bad as what took place at the beginning on the first day of this attack, we need to see that that is pale in comparison to what's going to happen first to believers. It's already beginning. The persecution of believers throughout the world is dramatically increasing. And we know that after the Antichrist, that he's done with, with persecuting those who will not take the mark of the beast, that will not submit to him. He's going to, when Israel rejects him at the abomination of desolation, when Israel rejects the Antichrist, it's going to happen the worst time, and I want to emphasize that, the worst time of persecution ever for the Jewish people. What has taken place? Horrible atrocities. I'm sure that people have heard many stories, and it's going to get worse. But again, in the future, and most of the Bible verses that people are pulling out, it's not about this battle, what's going on. They're about a future battle. What I would say is this, in the book of Daniel, chapter 8 is a very important prophecy. It is very sad that so many times scholars see this relating to something that was fulfilled already. It has not been fulfilled. We see in the book of Daniel three times, Daniel tells us that this is for the last day, the end times. It will bring about an end 
to the wrath of God. And it begins with an empire called the Ram. That Ram is specifically called Paras Umidai, which is modern Iran. It's going to form a coalition. And if you ask me what's going on now and what the church should be aware of is that you're going to see, believe it or not, you're going to see Iran grow in popularity among Middle East countries. One of the reasons why this happened was to try to thwart any type of, of, natural, uh, of naturalization between, normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel. And it's all tied to one purpose, and that is to bring about instability in the world, a time of, of the Antichrist power going to be revealed for one thing, and that is to bring about evil. We need to be ready for that. We need to be prophetically informed. And again, what we saw took place around Gaza in numerous Jewish communities was something that is going to be done even to a greater amount, not just in Israel, but throughout the world against Jewish communities in the future. It's all part of the plan of the enemy. And why do I say that? Satan hates God's plan. He hates righteousness. He's called the man of lawlessness. And what needs to be perceived by every believer is this, that he knows, the church sometimes forgets this, but he knows the importance of that land and the Jewish people in the last days in bringing about the fulfillment of God's good covenant promises. And that's why this is happening, because he hates God's plan. He hates the land that God has sanctified. And he also hates the people that God's going to bring to him miraculously in the last days. This is all about one thing, and that is a manifestation of the enemy against the purposes and the plans of God. We're talking to Dr. Baruch Corman. He heads up the ministry Love Israel Worldwide Teaching Ministry in Israel and host of Lost in Translation, which is heard on American Family Radio and and also heard around the world. And Dr. Corman, we are, are going to continue to pray for you. Those are powerful words that you shared. We need to get back to the Word of God. We need to understand the Word of God. Your ministry helps everybody to do that. And if you're listening today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know Yeshua, this is the moment for you to surrender your life over to the Lord. And uh, it's not a time to just be on the fence. It's a time for you to surrender your life completely and totally over to Jesus. Uh, Dr. Corman, again, we ask everybody uh, all across our AFR listening audience to pray for you and your family, and I know you have a lot going on. You, you, you speak all over the world, and we are praying for you and Israel, and Israel will see victory. Uh, God's word is clear on that. Amen. Israel will, uh, but in the end, we know that that ultimate victory only comes through, as you just shared, with faith in Messiah and his return to set up his kingdom. I want to encourage you to connect with Dr. Corman and his ministry, Love Israel. You can do that when you go to loveisrael.org. It's loveisrael.org. I also want to encourage you this weekend, please read Psalm 83. There are a lot of great prayer points for the children of Israel and the Jewish people that you can incorporate as you pray for the situation there in Israel. That's Psalm 83. 
Part of the prayer in that psalm says, As a fire burns a forest and a flame sets a mountain ablaze, chase them with your fierce storm, terrify them with your tempest, utterly disgrace them until they submit to your name, O Lord. And there's so much more at Psalm 83. I encourage you to read that. Download a podcast of the show wherever you get your podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms out there. And you can also download it at AFR.net. I'm John Riley.